Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Podcast bonus edition here brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network and Belly Up Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Oklahoma to my Vic Venom. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? Do I say Boomer Sooner? Well, you got to say it three times in a like. Boomer sooner, boomer sooner, boomer sooner. <laughs> yeah, and an over the top uh, comedic way. Yeah, good lord. Well, we're I finally bring that crap up. Oh yeah, I forgot what we're doing. Yeah, right. Well, Should we apologize up front, like right now. Well, no, because you know what, this is going to be entertaining, bro. So, uh, you know, hey, you know what, as a pure podcast listener, bro, I'm entertained by this. <laughs> We've been talking about this for a while. It is the Vince Russo bonus episode, and not just yeah. But you know, it's like when you're talking about a root canal for a while. You know, it's coming. You still don't want to do it. But you know, I'll tell you what. I've actually been looking forward to this. Uh, it kind of sucks that because you're sick in the head. <laughs> well, I've been looking forward to talking about this. Not like I, I wouldn't be looking forward to watching any of this crap, but talking about it is a different story because you and I have had fun discussing this crap in the past and. Well, today we're going to cover, and, and we talked about, I don't know if we're going to get to it all today, because I was like, well, I don't know if there's going to be enough content for a hour and a half show. Boy, is there enough. Uh, right up out the gate, we were recording this way in advance, but uh, yeah, I'm uh, a, a little under the weather, so if if you uh, happen to hear, you know, uh, some nasally uh, sounds from me, uh, that would be why. But we were recording well in advance of when we were in Columbus because as of the posting of this, you and I are about to meet up in Columbus with my good buddy Kyle. F you, Kyle. <laughs> and uh, we're yeah, we're, I'm excited. Yeah, right. Uh, it's it's going to be you, me, and Cal, and we are going to see uh, Extreme Rules. Man, it's the first time I've been to a WWE pay per view and. Uh, a long time. What was it? Uh, Survivor Series, I think, was the last one that you and I went to, right? Or yep. no, it was, or was it Fastlane? No, it was Survivor Series. I'm pretty okay. sure it was 2019. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You're you're right. That is correct. <laughs> Leave your shirt on, please. Uh no promises. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I will have plenty of time to get over every every sickness that I've got. Uh, you know, for for us to have a good time in Columbus, and I can be virus free. And uh, and all that. So we're going to do a lot. Well, of never mind. No. Shut up. <laughs> I'm still going to keep my distance. <laughs> wow. But we're going to document our trip on the YouTube, the tube of you. 
So check that out. Uh, we now have over 100 subscribers. So we have our custom URL. It is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash main event marks podcast. Check that out and uh, subscribe and check out all the great content on there. And we'll be uh, documenting all of our trip from Columbus, whether it's fig hunting or, you know, whatever else we, we happen to do in Columbus. We're doing a lot of sightseeing and stuff like that as well. We're doing amusement park too. Yeah. If anybody knows what scene 75 is, it's uh, pretty cool. We got one here. Yeah. It's like a club in the seventies in uh, New York or something. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And uh, you're not a drinker. Kyle's not a drinker. I'm not much of a drinker. So this doesn't really appeal to me, but for anybody that knows of scene 75, they've got like, a bazillion beers on tap, like anything you could possibly think of. And they've got some pretty good food on top of that. So all in all, it's a cool place to go. There's about a roller coaster, right? There's an indoor roller coaster. Uh, there's, yep, there's a uh, mini bowling. There's blacklight mini golf. There's oh, uh, I'm not going to Last time I went there, it was embarrassing, but we'll talk off air about that. But anyways, why are your, <laughs> why are your lips glowing in the dark? <laughs> uh, anyway, it's a Jackson uh, Pollock painting, dude. Yeah, good lord. But, uh, yeah, so we're going to dive into all the Vince Russo stuff here in just a moment. But first, I do want to let you know right before this break that the main event, Marks, is sponsored by Fanatics. Get your officially licensed sports gear over at Fanatics.com. The link, however, our special link is down in the podcast description. So go click on that. And when you go to check out getting all your favorite sports gear from your favorite sports teams or players or leagues, definitely make sure that you let them know that the main event marks in the unhinged sports network sent you. Also, we're excited to announce our new sponsorship with Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the U.S. of A. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code MainEventMarks. That's all one word, no spaces, for 15% off your order. Also, if you're listening on the podcast feed, thank you. Please leave a five-star review, share the show, and let us know how much you love it. Give us all the downloads and uh, spread the word. And uh, subscribe. Definitely subscribe. But also, uh, if you are listening on the podcast feed, we are live. I don't know if you know about that. We are live every Wednesday for a brand-new show at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That is on the Unhinged Radio Network. That is on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. The immediate replay is right after at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Again, that's on Wednesdays. And we also have replays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays, Fridays, and Mondays. So check us out. That's unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We are live at those times. And we're going to take our first break right here. When we come back, we're going to dive into Vince Russo running WCW into the ground. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the main event marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo on hats, 
shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official main event mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube now back to the show and we're back we're back bro i want to let you know that yeats aims to provide the most unique and high quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price they're built from the latest manufacturing techniques yeats shades are made for comfort durability and big yeet moments and on top of that, a percentage of all the profits go towards beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeetsofficial.com and use our special promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's Y-E-E-T-Z official.com and put in that promo code belly up pod as b-e-l-l-y-u-p-p-o-d to save yourself 10 percent at checkout uh diving into vince russo in wcw first just to set everything up i want to make uh, it clear i'm looking forward to this by the way i want people to think i'm, I'm just joking but yeah it, but, uh, there's a lot of funny stuff <laughs> to talk about here so let's get into it on October 3rd, 1999, Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara signed with World Championship Wrestling. Uh, Russo contends that his reason for leaving the WWF was a result of a dispute with Vince McMahon over the increased workload by the introduction of the new SmackDown broadcast and McMahon's disregard for Russo's family. Uh, Russo and Ferrara attempted to make the same Crash TV style on Monday Nitro, which was similar to the Raw is War format, only at an accelerated pace. This included edgier storylines with lengthy non-wrestling segments, constant heel-face turns, an increased amount of sexuality on the show, fake retirements, more backstage vignettes, expanding storyline depth, title changes, and the utilization of mid-card talent in a more effective manner. Ah, uh, I mean, yeah, I guess to most of that. Except and, for that expanded storyline part. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, Russo's official title in WCW is Creative Supervisor and he's been given full authority on all angles and booking. I, so, I can't see what would go wrong there. So. Yeah, right. Well, in his last Raw uh, magazine column, Russo didn't even write about wrestling and instead talked about being mentally exhausted and not seeing his family. The new schedule essentially kept Russo working uh, and on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. After six weeks of working the new schedule, Russo approached Vince McMahon, asking for a significant raise and to relocate his family uh, out of Connecticut and wanted a contract so that he would have some stability. Apparently, he didn't work under a contract, which kind of blows my mind, but whatever. Uh, Russo notes Would you that, want that man locked up in a contract? God dang it, you got to lock down Russo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But Russo notes that uh, 
if this was any other television company and the head writer was given the entire second weekly uh, an entire second weekly show to write, he'd be compensated extra. But McMahon turned him down. Russo claims that when he talked to Vince about never seeing his children, Vince responded by saying that he makes enough money to hire a nanny. Russo says that after that comment, he was done and wouldn't have stayed even if McMahon had tripled his salary. At about the same time, Bischoff was given the boot in WCW, and Russo saw his opportunity. He contacted J.J. Dillon, who put him in touch with Bill Bush, who flew Russo to Atlanta. Boy, do you think uh, J.J. regrets that one? Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm sure he wishes he had that one back. I mean, after that Bischoff comment, he said that when, when he came in, he told Bischoff, oh, I know all the ins and outs of what they're doing over there. I, yeah, right. I think he thought this was a great idea. I'm sure he did. And then he's like, well, I was wrong. <laughs> hey, uh, my bad. Yeah, right. Uh, look, I'm sorry for killing the company. All right. Look, it's I didn't kill. Personal, okay? It's like... It's like, I didn't kill the company, all right? I just put the bullet in the gun. <laughs> yeah, let's keep in mind, you know, Finger Poke of Doom, not Russo. You know, and a lot of other stuff. I'm like, we're not, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But there's a lot of stuff that wasn't him, to be fair. And I'm right. not defending the guy. You know, we're about to talk about everything he did wrong but hey we just was, covered was, uh, we just yeah go ahead it's like it, the the patient was on on the gurney already you know it wasn't on life support yet but you know it was in the hospital hey, so man, we just covered fall brawl 99 so yeah and that was not russo yeah not that was not russo that was bischoff's last show before he got el buto uh, but they had a long meeting that day, and within 48 hours of first contacting them, Russo had signed with a WCW contract. On his way home from Atlanta, Russo called McMahon to give him the news. In the meantime, Terry Taylor, Eric, uh, Bruce Pritchard, uh, uh, Kevin Kelly, and others are heading up the WWF writing team. Mm, I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> well, I mean, even if it is, I mean, you know, if it is, that was a hot time in WWE, so I think yeah. they traded up for that. Right. Uh, I don't know. I never heard anything about Kevin Kelly writing anything. I mean, maybe he did. I just I never heard anything about it. But anyway. I mean, a little off topic, but Bruce is currently creative now, right? Uh, yeah, as far as I know. Because man, SmackDown's been knocking it out of the park. I heard. I love he's... how I love how Bruce made Roman what Vince thought Roman could be. Just gotta point that out. <laughs> right. Well, that's. Uh... You know, if there if there's one thing that I got to hand it to, uh, you know, and I don't like complimenting anything this guy says, but, uh, you know, Meltzer had a good line for when they hired Bruce in. He's like, well, he speaks Vince. Wow. Like, like, yeah. I mean, he'd been around since I mean, off and on, he'd been around since what was it? Eighty nine. Yeah. I think he said he was gone in ninety two back in ninety three or four. Yeah. And eleven. On hiatus, pal. I th no, no, I think he said he got crap can in 08. Was it 08? Yeah. Pretty sh I'm pretty sure he said 08 for the, uh, you know, having a gun in the building incident. He had a gun in the building? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> he had a firearm well, so that he's they from were Texas, like, uh, so. <laughs> right. Well, apparently he, like, it was like open carrier. So I can't remember what the, he talked about it on was his Was it show. in Texas was happened? <laughs> Uh, no, I can't remember. I think it was at the office. I can't remember the whole story. He talked about I it know on the they podcast. Have an open carry in Texas, right? Yeah. Well, this was something about he like pulled it out, and everybody at the like people at the office saw he was 
like he did it in public basically and they were like whoa and stephanie called him in it's like did you seriously just whip out your firearm in front of everybody in the office it's like you're fired but sure buddy jeez yeah all i could think of was that thing from the from the hangover but did you die (laughs) he could have whipped something else out and probably not got fired but yeah no we we leave that to brutus the f and barber apparently (laughs) uh but anyway the vince russo ed ferrara era of wcw began this week with the october 18th nitro here we go, baby. I want to point out, I remember watching Nitro, I think the week before he came in, they were not preemptive, but they didn't have a show. It's like it was Tony Schiavone and maybe it was Heenan or Hudson. And like on TV, on live, not live, but you know, on TNT during Nitro, I think it was like maybe a clip show. And they said, and they talked about them coming into head creative. Which, yeah. Looking back, I'm like, why would you say that on TV? Yeah. You know, you know the deal. You're going to say it on TV, you know? Yeah, breaking know. the fourth just, wall, just, man. It sounded weird to me. Yep. Well, hey, that was uh, setting up for what was to come. It's like, why are you advertising that you got a new head writer? Well, in hindsight, it was probably Russo telling him to do it. Well, of course it was. Uh, but it just like. I, I guess I didn't even think about that aspect. Yeah, he probably was like, bro, you're going to tell him I'm coming in, bro. That'd be like if, if on WWE. They they just start talking about next week. Bruce Pritchard's back right in the show. I'm like, cool. <sighs> I don't know. I mean, uh, when you when you hear about like on Walking Dead or whatever, it works because it's, you know, it's a show. It's a little bit different. Yeah. Well, the only time you you hear about it is like on the Talking Dead. They're like, oh, you know, because they've changed showrunners like four times since they started The Walking Dead, but. I don't know. It's it's like it, they're not going to break the fourth wall on The Walking Dead, you know, where they're where somebody's going to be like, well, you know, next week's going to be really good because, you know, we got a new showrunner. <sighs> anyway, uh, there was no mistaking that Russo's fingerprints were all over it, by the way, with the detailed scripting done that probably uh, more detailed scripting done than probably any episode of Nitro ever. They already started pushing the Turner limits with Medusa losing an evening gown match. In typical Russo fashion, things were booked as if internet fans were the ones watching, so there were lots of insider references, such as Buff Bagwell throwing a fit on camera about, quote, doing a job to La Parca and whatnot. Do you remember that? Uh, I remember that, yes, vividly. Um, he, he comes out and he looks just like so disheveled. And, I remember now, um, yeah. Yeah, uh, They do the whole thing where he... He keeps doing moves, and he does, like, a headlock takeover, gets up, and just nonchalantly walks away. And then he, like, <clears throat> he sarcastically does his pose. And then literally, as he's down on, like, one knee doing the, the flex, he tells LaParker, come on, come hit me in the head. He comes and kicks him in the head. LaParker pins him. Uh, yeah. Who was this appealing to? I, I, I don't know. I was, I'm, like, 15 at the time watching this. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And dumb. This was also the night Jeff, the moment too. Jeff Jarrett returned. Oh yeah. Practicing with the guitar. I'm like, hey, I was at a pay per view last night and talk about stroke. I got your stroke and all that. And yeah. Yep. Oh man. Well, uh, they pretty much openly acknowledge that there's a booker deciding who wins and who loses, and pretty much erased the fourth wall entirely. Russo was acknowledged on TV 
and the plan seems to be for Russo to make himself the evil Vince McMahon-like promoter. They're also working towards some angle where he overrules Hogan's creative control clause or something, and then Hogan comes back as the new anti-authority figure, a la Steve Austin. But of course, Russo books for the internet fans, and Uncle Dave Meltzer says that this might all change now that the internet fans know about it. Well, I mean, kinda? I don't know. The Hogan... Like, Hogan's run during Russo's era was kind of weird. I mean, <laughs> most things during the Russo era were weird, but... Uh, Russo also wanted to phase out Ric Flair, which Flair is, of course, not thrilled about. They, uh, I think Russo went on record in saying that was not true. He wanted Flair and Hogan to be the guys, but it depends on who you believe. But then he turned around talking about, we need new blood, bro. Like, okay. I um, think that that was his plan to have him feud with Flair, which I can get on board with. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who you, who you want to believe. It's yeah. Uh, there's also expecting to be, or expected to be more emphasis on the women, especially the ones willing to take their clothes off. Uncle Dave expects mm-hmm. Tori Wilson and Kimberly to get big pushes. They, they would. Uh, Jeff Jarrett also made a surprise re- uh, return on Nitro in controversial fashion after walking out of the WWF which you just made reference to. This uh, is all one night, by the way. <laughs> yep. And, th- and that would sound like it's like, wow, there's a lot going on on one show. Yeah, and none of it was good. One thing I do want to point out, by the way, you talked about the um, the evening gown match. Yeah. Something I didn't realize until, like, I'm just thinking about it now. The title of the evening gown match was a New York evening gown match. New York. Why? Just go, ahead and, just go ahead and put the pieces together. Who, who you know? Well, I didn't think my about it. thing is like, like what's bro, the difference? New York, bro. They got better evening gowns than anybody, bro. They're gonna That's rip like, them off. You see boobs, bro. <laughs> what's the difference between a New York evening gown and a regular evening gown? I don't know. Maybe they're more uh, expensive, or I don't freaking know. Yeah, freaking weird, man. A lot of people in WCW are upset with the Turner execs over the fact that uh, Russo seems to be getting whatever he wants. Word is that Russo is being given pretty much anything he requests, from deciding uh, or from decision-making power to even production improvements. Others who have been in charge in the past, like Ke- uh, Kevin Nash, Kevin Sullivan, etc., are upset because they've requested similar stuff and were turned down. In fact, everyone involved in creative has complained about the three-hour nitros, wanting to to cut it back to two hours, but nobody would even consider it. But now it's likely going to happen because Russo asked for it. And it does happen. Yep. Uh, Vince Russo wants to do a full-blown hardcore division in WCW, which is an idea uh, Eric Bischoff shot down. He also wants to turn the cruiserweight division into its own separate entity, completely apart uh, apart from the rest of WCW. That part I would have been on board with, actually. Yeah. I don't think that really happens, but... It didn't, no. Matter of fact, I would say that they, the Cruiserweight title mattered less and less and less every week when he was there, so. I mean, you could say that about any title in WCW. Uh, but here we go, man. WCW Halloween Havoc is in the books and was the worst, or was he, excuse me, was the first pay-per-view under Vince Russo. And well, because I always thought his, I thought he came in right after. Nope, he came in, uh, his first official Nitro was the 18th, so this was, I, I can't remember the exact date of Halloween Havoc, but I think it was the next week, 
So, yeah, he had like one Nitro in there before the pay-per-view. Yeah, it's become apparent that the direction that WCW is headed in, Russo and Ferrara themselves were basically the focus of the entire pay-per-view with WCW got these hot new writers from WWF essentially being the theme of the show. Tons of last-minute card changes, angles, angles, surprises, etc. Basically a carbon copy of the WWF style, but with far lower production values. <laughs> uh, they Which did is a, sad, because Turner probably had some amazing production, too. It's like, how did you mess that up? I know. By the way, uh, not to go off subject too much here, but uh, you, I think you said it kind of came across on TV. I was at Dynamite a couple of weeks ago when they were in, uh, or well, Dynamite and Rampage, when they were in Cincinnati. The sound sucked. So when people were complaining about, oh, they didn't play uh, uh, all of Minaro Suzuki's theme, whatever, it's like, I couldn't even hear it. So I could barely hear a damn thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, it came across on TV decent at best. I did go back and watch it, too. I mean, I was watching it live, but um, one thing that I got right away was when uh, Brian Danielson came out, nobody reacted at first because the start of Flight of the Valkyries is already kind of like a low tempo start. Right. And I don't think any of you guys knew he was coming out. <laughs> like, not I... until the other part of the music kicked in. The angle that I was sitting at, I could, I had like a, a really good shot of their Tron. So I saw his Tron come up before I heard the song. So I was like, oh crap. And then I faintly heard the music. Like if people were cheering, which the crowd was pretty hot that night. If they were cheering for anything during a promo, I couldn't hear anything. So the sound quality in that building sucks. I'm just going to say that. Hopefully, if they come back, which I'm sure they will, hopefully they can get that figured out because, holy crap, just all night. Uh, but anyway, back to this. <laughs> they did a work shoot angle where Hogan lays down for Sting. Uh, other notes from Halloween Havoc. DDP is basically doing a rock gimmick now, dressing uh, and cutting promos like him. Eddie Guerrero versus Saturn was good. Buff Bagwell cut a promo about the writers and no response from the disinterested crowd. Uh, Rick Steiner dragged Chris Benoit down a borderline unwatchable match because even Benoit isn't a miracle worker. <laughs> Holy crap. It's a little uh, just a little harsh, but... Yeah. Well, yeah, hey. his opponent was pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, Lex Luger beat Bret Hart in a submission in one of those pointless surprise finishes because everybody expected Bret to win. So they went with Luger because needlessly swerving the fans is more important than smart booking. <laughs> uh, Medusa well, was Bret would a... get something way better in a month, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Medusa was in a bikini hawking the new WCW cologne, which Bobby Heenan buried on commentary, talking about how bad it smelled. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, Goldberg versus Sid Vicious had a ton of heat because Goldberg is the only person the fans still give a damn about. And DDP beat this Ric a, Flair. This is a show with Sting and Hogan on it, by the way. Yeah, right. Uh, and DDP beat Ric Flair in a strap match that is more interesting for what happened behind the scenes. Flair was upset with the fact that this match was basically booked to be his retirement, so he was upset about the match anyway. And then the match itself led to some heat. The Turner standards and practices, people didn't want any blood on the show, but Russo really wanted Sid Vicious to be allowed to bleed during his match with Goldberg, 
since the whole premise of the angle was that the referee would stop the match due to Sid bleeding. So WCW had to bend over backwards to get standards and practices to agree to allow Sid to bleed, but that was supposed to be the only blood on the show. But then Flair came out, and uh, as we all know, a soft breeze will cause Flair to lose a pint. So anyway... <laughs> so anyway... He, he, either Ric Flair's going to bleed or he's going to pull his pants down, right? You need to pick your poison or, right now. Or a combo. Okay, don't, well. Hey, don't, don't put him in a box. <laughs> Well, if he was in a box, he might come out and be over. <laughs> yeah. A naked bloody box! I uh, remember when Spike TV had to send TNA a, a letter. I do. Like, I remember you telling like, me that. I just lost my crap. <laughs> they're like, quit letting that man get naked and bleed all over TV. <laughs> oh, man. Sounds like uh, you're scolding a, an adolescent high school teenager, didn't you? I know. Quit getting naked and bleeding on TV. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... He bladed and bled far more than Sid ever did, and naturally got a ton of heat for it. And then Goldberg beat Sting in a match added literally at the last minute, and they were so disorganized that there legitimately wasn't a referee available at first. Sting seemed visibly annoyed by everything. Ugh, <laughs> uh, man. Sounds like an awesome show, man. We should totally watch it. Don't tempt me. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't threaten me with a good time. All right, but we're in November now. Uh, the New York Post ran an article claiming that Nitro's audience was had jumped nearly 25% since Russo and Ferrara took over. Uncle Dave said that that's a misleading stat, if he ever heard one. If you compare Russo's ratings to the last episode under Kevin Nash's booking, then yes, there's about a 25% increase. But that's only because that Nash show was a record low for Nitro, far below the usual average. Comparing Russo's ratings to that one episode is misleading. If you look at the average ratings during the last three months of Nitro before Russo took over, his ratings are basically right in line with what they were already doing. Uh, it's also noted that Russo is still trying to shop around a scripted TV series he wrote based on wrestling called Rope Opera. Good lord. Yep. This is real, by the way. <laughs> I green like that. Uh, well, the answer is apparently nobody, because <laughs> it never happened. I think uh, I think we should take our next break, by the way, before we dive into more November WCW, mercifully enough. But we're going to take mercifully, a break. Mercifully, it is over. Yeah, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to dive into more WCW under Russo in uh, the month of November of 1999, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Oh, uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was. Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way there. back, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do ever do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. 
We spell it with a K. So you might. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube now back to the show all right we are back we're back we're back bro we're not going forever yet on the most recent episode of nitro dustin rose debuted doing a weird gimmick that oh looked, yes he looked like a cross between gold dust and the undertaker he came in on a zip yeah, you, line. You know what he looked like? I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but I don't there's this old I don't know if it was a movie or a show, it's called The Shadow. You ever heard of it? Uh yeah, I've heard of it, yeah. I feel like it was a play on that. Because he had the hat and all that, but he didn't have red, he had white on his face instead. But Yeah. I feel like that's what they were going for. Let's see. Oh, yeah, I see that. Um uh, yeah, it was a comic too. Um that or uh Dark Man, maybe? Oh yeah, yeah. Dark band crossed with uh, Uncle Fester, maybe. <laughs> yeah, uh, white face that works. Yeah, but uh, I will say, if I had to compliment anything about this gimmick, he was called Seven, by the way. Uh, his entrance yeah, was badass. Didn't they change the E to the number Seven? I feel like they did. Uh, I think no, I think they changed the the V to the set the letter Seven, but. Oh. Whatever, yeah, it was something yeah. like that. Okay, I I think so. I don't I I don't know, but yeah, it was uh, it, it looked cool, and he had a cool bat uh, like dark ass looking entrance. But uh, apparently, a lot of people complained because in the vignettes, he's trying to do a boogeyman thing, but people said it came off as like a pedophile looking in the window at children it while they did. <laughs> I thought boogeyman, but everybody's like, oh, that's like pedophile. Like, yeah, yeah. this would have been more. Pedo, if he was watching them while they were awake, if that makes sense, you know. Yeah. It's, like, eh. it's just well, weird. It was just too close. I get what I get. People's complaint. I get that one. It was a little weird. Yeah. I mean, I get it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe he should have been like in the closet or something. I don't know if that would have made it better. I mean, went but... under the bed makes more sense. Is that like the thing? The blue man's under the bed. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, he came in on a zip line and cut a promo trashing the entire gimmick and complaining about how his dad had been fired. Uh, he wasn't fired. He actually quit. Uh, another one of fired. the fire. He's already fired. <laughs> Good Lord. This was another one of those shoots, bro, that uh, Vince Russo was so fond of. Now, I don't want to. Uh, I'm going to say this. I, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like these vignettes were airing before Russo got there. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they were, and if they were, I'm going to say you sort of thought this was stupid, which is, it's, it is, well, it's just whatever, but, you know. And does anybody else remember the nickname that uh, Dustin Rhodes went with after he dropped this? The American Nightmare. So, hmm, I wonder who's using that now. Well, down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I forget. No, Co no. Cody's using a second hand me down name because now I think he's just calling himself the American Dream. Uh, uh, no, he made sure to do it for that one match. 
I had heard him called it a couple of weeks when he was coming out dressed like freaking George Washington. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, when he was going to have the very first ever interracial baby. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> hey, did you know Cody's ending racism? <laughs> yeah. Him and Brandy are single-handedly ending racism by having the first half-black, half-white baby. <laughs> it is their uh, gift to the world. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's AEW Dynamite with Brandy and Baby. Anyway. Uh, the next hail week, Baby. Good Lord. All hail the next, Baby. <laughs> good grief. Uh, so, so next week, uh, Nitro featured a controversial segment where Ed Ferrara was mocking Jim Ross and his Bell's palsy. Depending on who you ask, it was either the most tasteless or funniest thing in a long time. Who the hell would say it was funny? Uncle Dave. How is that even remotely funny? Uh, he said if you take away the it, Bell's palsy thing, it was funny. Okay, I'll, I'll give him that. You take that away, it's stupid, but it's, you know, I guess you can laugh at it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to mock Oklahoma, because he's like a huge Oklahoma fan, so if you're going to mock the state and all that, yeah, okay. I can he, buy that. He freaking sets it up for himself. Like, I, I will say I did laugh a few times when he would uh, – Oklahoma would make references to, like, fake colleges of people who were wrestling. Yeah, like, like when Hoobie went to uh, Tijuana, Tijuana U or, or Tijuana yeah. State. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that popped me, I'll admit. I mean, KR doesn't do himself, man. He did it on Dynamite. It's like uh, he, he, he makes reference to college, you know, whatever all the time and – Shoot, in just uh, this this past episode we did, Unforgiven 2001, he was talking about, uh, well, you know, the Rocks, Miami, uh, Hurricanes are on top. I mean, they're no Oklahoma Sooners, but, you know, it's like, who gives a I know, crap? I think, I think they're counting their blessings on that. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but putting aside the Bell's Palsy stuff, Ferrara was phenomenal in his portrayal of Ross with all of his football jokes, his way of talking, the fawning over Dr. Dusty Williams, and more. Uh, more notes from the show. The Harris brothers are going by the name Creative Control and are now the individual names Gerald and Patrick. Yeah, that was clever. Yeah. I, I wonder where know, they to got be, that to be honest, I'm only halfway being sarcastic on that. It was, it was kind of clever. I'll give them that. I, I, I laughed a little bit. But, I mean, I didn't realize it at the time. Looking back now, I see it. But it was, it was clever. It was a little clever, but at the same time, it's like how you had complained about AEW. Sometimes you're like, well, they can't keep WWE out of their mouth. It's like, man, if you thought that, if you think that's bad, freaking WCW in nine, late 99 and all through 2000 could not keep WWE out of their mouth to save their freaking life. Like, it seemed like everything was a stab at WWE. Like, yeah. you come up with your own crap? Uh, but there was utterly an utterly racist pinata on a pole match featuring <sighs> several of the luchadors. It was made even worse because a pinata kept falling off the pole. <sighs> After the match, Steve Williams ran in to attack everybody and apparently didn't bother to fake things too much since he ended up sending three of the luchadors to the hospital. <sighs> L. Dandy was, uh, has a possible broken collarbone. Juventud Guerrera has an AC joint injury and Psychosis injured his ankle. And who the hell are you to question L. Dandy? Yeah, man. Wasn't he voted like the most handsome man w WCW at one point? I don't remember. I it's, don't... it's a joke. No, he wasn't. He was actually voted the most ugly, which I think is messed oh, up. Right? That's, but... that's right. I forgot it. Holy crap. Man. Who, who said that, by the way? I, like, I know it was I got a poll the... in WCW magazine. 
No, it was uh, no, what I what I just said about who are you to question El Dandy? Who I, somebody said that, and I can't remember who. Did. I don't know. That sounds like something Jericho would say in one of his uh, promos when he was going off on all the luchadors. I want to say it was him. I have to. Feel somebody, like it was. somebody hit me up on social media about that uh, at main event underscore marks on Twitter and Instagram. I I know somebody had said it. I just uh, it escapes me. Anyway, Asia versus Kimberly Page, real match was just an excuse for Tori Wilson to referee the match in a striped bikini uh, with Bobby Heenan. I, I wasn't saying, complaining. I'm just... With Bobby Heenan saying that she looks like a zebra with speed bumps. <laughs> uh, Lex Luger sent flowers to Sting, then gave Sting brownies with X-Lax in them. <sighs> because haha poop jokes. Good lord. Also, Bret Hart versus Billy Kidman, again, real match, was given only four minutes, while Kevin Nash versus Sid Vicious was given eight. Uh, speaking of Juventud Guerrera, the idea is for him to do an illegal immigrant angle, uh, but depending on how <laughs> but depending on how bad his injury is, that could get scrapped. By the way, this was the go home show for Mayhem. Mother of God. I believe I don't know if this is coming up uh, in your notes, but uh, I think WCW got in a lot of trouble for Juventud beating. Jushin Thunder Liger for... Yeah, it's coming up for, in a couple of weeks. For a title, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. <laughs> it's coming up. So, uh, so like, well, the reason I brought that up, though, I was like, oh, he's not going to do that gimmick, nor is he going to be out a long time. So Right. Yeah, and, and it's not often you hear about Hoovy being put out on injury by somebody else. It's usually the other way around. But let's get into this. It's uh, WCW uh, Mayhem. It was one hell of a weird show. Uh, multiple times during the show, WCW turned down the crowd audio when they were booing the wrong person, quote-unquote. Uh, that's uh, weird. But, Do you know uh, who? Is there any specifics? Well, Sting got booed out of the building against Brett, which was expected. Others, like Goldberg and Booker T, were booed, and that caught WCW by surprise. Weren't Just, they in Canada, by the way? This was in Toronto, wasn't it? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my I head. You like? Let me look. I think I feel like Mayhem was in Toronto. Let me see. Might have been. Let's see. One second here. Hold on. Well, just uh, to show you. Oh. Hold on, just one second. One second. Yeah. Okay. So it's in Toronto, and we all know. And I hope I don't take crap for this, but Toronto fans are weird. Okay. Oh yeah. It's like bizarre world. Bizarre. Yeah. So, you know. And they people treat Hulk right, like a god up there. Which yeah. People go. Yeah. And people go right to SummerSlam. 2004, which is like the one that's where like it be, got that label, right. but clearly it was before then. So, you know, right. Well, and uh, friend of the show, Mr. Warren Hayes, I think he's from the uh, Quebec area, uh, and he was talking about how, you know, he was never a big fan of Jim Duggan for multiple reasons. But he's like, yeah, the whole, you know, I'm Canadian, so the whole, you know, USA and rah rah, go America, never did anything for me. It's like. Yeah, and but, it shouldn't. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, you know. yeah, but it's like, but Hulk Hogan somehow gets their rocks off when he comes out to real American. <laughs> like, all right, whatever. I mean, don't get me wrong. Jim Duggan is no Hulk Hogan, but we still. We also acknowledge that song rules ass, though. I mean, remember Oh, that. yeah, one of the greatest theme songs of all time. So it's like, you got to give some leeway for that, too. Right. Uh, shout out to Rick Derringer for that masterpiece. Supposed to be uh, Window Nintendo, by the way. I remember that. That wasn't even supposed to be yeah, a right. song. It was supposed to be, what, the USA Express? Yeah. 
Uh, just to show you how far WCW has fallen in the last year, this show drew about 14,000 people, which was a solid number, but was still 2,000 short of a sellout. This time, for a pay-per-view with weeks of promotion, the show failed to sell out, even though most people knew that Bret Hart would be winning the WCW title, and uh, even that wasn't enough to pack the building. Other notes? It's funny because it was between him and Benoit at the end. Now, we didn't know what the, what the main event was going to be. But... Yeah. Well, was, you said it was a tournament, right? Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, I believe the semifinals and the finals were that night, if I remember correctly. So yeah. we didn't know the match, the main event, I should say, going in. Gotcha. Uh, well, other notes from Mayhem. The show was the semifinals and finals of the WCW title tournament, bro. <laughs> Evan Courageous versus Disco Inferno is horrible because Courageous, in his first major pay-per-view singles match, was nervous as hell and blew a million spots. Uh, Kurt Hennig lost a, quote, retirement match to Buff Bagwell, and the crowd spent part of the match chanting, BORING! Although Hennig did get a big ovation after he lost. Uh, he would come back and be a heel and join them, I think. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Sting wore a t-shirt during his match to hide his physique because he's looking kind of flabby these days. Vampiro versus Berlin was a cluster F that turned into ex an excuse for Steve Williams and Ed Ferrara to mock Jim Ross some more, yet again making fun of Ross's Bell's palsy. Uh, I, wasn't this where he kept shout shouting, uh, Vampiro, Vampiro? I think it started here, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I knew he had done that. No, that popped me. Uh, Ferrara is now going by the name Oklahoma. Yet another negative star for Mang versus Lex Luger. Oh, say it isn't so. That sounds like a barn burner to me. <laughs> uh, this is a real match. David Flair versus Kimberly gets negative two stars and was less of a match and more of a blowjob tease. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I never thought I'd say those words on the show, but here we are. <laughs> Uh, but once never Kimberly, say never, man. Right. But once Kimberly started beating him, uh, beating him up, the crowd just booed the crap out of it. Finally, Bret Hart beat Chris Benoit in the main event to win the WCW World Title in a good match, but not as good as their Nitro match in Kansas City a few months back. I agree to that, but I think it was not a good match. I think this was a great match, but it was not as great as that other one. Wasn't that the Owen Hart tribute? It was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. In the same arena, he died in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, man, that, that that's a professional of Brett, though, man, to be able to put on a clinic in the same ring that your brother literally well, let's died not in. Let's not discount Benoit, too. I was, like, one of his best friends, so it's like, oh, I know no. it's not like brother connection, but, you know, yeah. Oh, we all know how emotional Benoit was. I mean, we found that out when let's uh, move on. Eddie passed. Yeah. But, anyway. Hot topic, sorry. Yeah, right. Well, Nitro closes the ratings gap significantly this week. I mean, Raw still wiped the floor with him, but it was the closest that the ratings have been in a while, with so Raw doing... November, so what's going on here? Uh, who's the champ right now? Triple uh, H? And, yeah, yeah, Triple H's the champ. They're going into Survivor Series. Yeah. But Raw did a 5.51 rating, the lowest in months, and Nitro did a 3.41 rating. Man... Any of these shows, like any wrestling show, would kill for a 5.51 rating today. Right. Like, oh, that, that's not even possible. 
Like that many people collectively don't watch wrestling on TV these days. Not saying they don't watch. They just don't watch on TV these days. But fans tuned out of Raw in droves during the main event, which was Triple H versus the Acolytes in a segment that also saw Vince, uh, Vince McMahon return. Uh, I remember that night. It was great. And they switched over to Nitro to watch Goldberg and Sid Vicious versus Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Yeah, yeah, that's what would get my eyeballs. Good I guess Lord. on paper, that is the more intriguing one. I'm not going to say it was better, though, but... Don't get me wrong. I love all four of those guys. But in 99, like the late 99, I'm not tuning out of Raw to watch that. Uh, but meanwhile, Thunder did its second lowest rating ever against SmackDown. Speaking of Nitro, Scott Hall was either wasted or doing a really good job of acting like he was. A couple of dudes debuted... The latter. <laughs> a couple of dudes debuted, one of whom was Vito from ECW, and the other is a guy named John Hugger, who's been training at the power plant. That's actually Johnny the Bull Stamboli. But, you know, he would be known later for Relic, which, of course, is killer spelled backwards. I'm going to slap you. I had to get it in, man. I'm going to tread carefully, by the way, over these next few shows, because I will actually have the opportunity to slap you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but Dean Malenko faced Chris Benoit in a flag match, and Uncle Dave says... Yeah, because to... my whole thing about that was like, you know, when I think about the All-American boy defending the flag, I think Dean Malenko. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, he's a, he's a good old Texas boy, but at the same time, it's not like he's ever been like rah-rah America in his entire career. His last name's Malenko. <laughs> like, uh, he'd be anti-American, actually. I think about it very previous to this. Yeah, right. He'd be anti-everything. Uh, but Uncle Dave says you have to be a special kind of genius to put these two in a bad match together, but Russo managed to do it. Uh, Holy Malen crap. Did he just get a good one off? Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, a blind squirrel, right? <laughs> right. Well, uh, Malenko no, no. threatened to burn the Canadian flag, <laughs> leading Bret Hart to do a half-hearted run-in, looking like he didn't want to be anywhere near this angle. I wonder why. Well, you were near his company. Yeah, right. He's like, man, I wish I could go back to Vince for a pay cut again. You know what? I, suddenly Montreal doesn't look so bad. It's okay. I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, but Riso, still not being shown on camera, but talking off screen, was all over this episode and has basically made himself the unseen Vince McMahon-like star of the show. Because, of course. No. Yeah. The powers that be. Uh, yep. Well, the storyline plans for Hulk Hogan are to basically do an age discrimination lawsuit angle with the idea that Russo doesn't want Hogan because he's too old. After the real lawsuit between Flair and Bischoff last year got Flair over huge as a babyface, uh, they figured that they'll fake it this time. The plan is for Hogan's lawsuit to be settled with him returning as a preliminary wrestler, and the storyline being that he has to work his way back up to the main event. So Hogan would start by working opening matches against the usual first or against the usual first hour Nitro Nobodies. And as he gradually works so, his way uh, up the card. Dandy? Oh, of course. I, I like how we get two L Dandy references in. Uh, but as he gradually works his way up the card, the evil heel boss, Vince Vera, Vince Russo will start trying to throw obstacles in his way with the hopes of turning Hogan Russo into WCW's version of Austin McMahon. 
Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> Speaking of storylines, the plan for Bret Hart after Starcade is to basically redo the 1997 WWF angle with him becoming more and more pro-Canadian until the U.S. fans turn on him and then basically redo the Canada versus U.S. angle. So it's funny you mentioned the 1997 thing they want to redo because they would literally redo a 1997 thing at Starcade. They would copy this screwjob. <sighs> yeah. Which everybody had to make reference to the damn screw job with with Bret Hart for the rest of his damn career. It's the only him and uh, Earl Hebner. It's like the only thing that they're freaking known for. It's like holy crap, they've had longer careers. Damn right, I did it. Wow. A few WCW notes here. Prince Iakea. Uh, maybe having his name changed to the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea and start doing a Prince gimmick. He did. Uh, Elizabeth's new name may be changed to The Hot Package. That, uh, that never happened. Uh, fitness model Trish Stratus was backstage at Nitro and has been looking to get into wrestling. Yeah, not thank with this company. Good, thank the good Lord she did, but not with this company. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, she'd go on to be one of the best women's wrestlers ever. And, uh... Can, can you imagine what Russo would have done with her? Yeah, well. Bro, she's hot. She's got <laughs> yeah, big I'll, fake breasts, bro. I didn't want to go there, but yeah. We're going we're gonna to have a strip every week, bro. What do you? Nobody cares about watching her wrestle, bro. She's going to go out strip, bro. Boobs. <laughs> Boobs. All right. Uh, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're diving headfirst into December. And you're, are you ready for this one? <sighs> yeah, I feel like I've already given stuff away. <laughs> yeah. It's probably good, at least I've prepared everybody. <laughs> we haven't hit everything, by the way. Uh, we're hitting, like, some big stuff, but... There's hey, some... you forgot to mention blah, blah, blah. Shut up. <laughs> hey, if there's something that you want to, you know, that's really that damn important that you want us to hit on, you know, just let Dude, us we know. We don't have enough time to do everything anyways. I know. We're it's talking like... five or six shows. Yeah, right. But we're going to take uh, our next break. When we come back, we're diving ahead first into uh, December. Yikes. We'll be right back. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, 
Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. It's December time, baby. When you said we're diving into September, yikes. All I thought about was that scene in Tommy Boy. He's like, I've got a plan. And Richard's like, yikes. Yeah, right. Oh, man. On WCW Nitro, the former Ryan Shamrock debuted as Symphony, the valet for the Maestro. Yes, the Maestro. Yeah, he's still out there, by the way, doing wrestling, like, stuff, taking bookings, but he's just called The Stro. Does that be on Maestro, or what? Uh, I I guess. I don't know. The Stro. Yeah, I don't I know. That's what they call Jose Altuve, the cheater on the Astros. The Stro. What the hell? Uh, but, Juventud Guerrera, here we go. Juventud Guerrera beat Jushin Underliger via a bottle of tequila over the head to win the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title in a five-minute match that was not cleared with New Japan Pro Wrestling. The belt wasn't even brought out to the ring, no introductions or ring entrances were had, and the announcers totally ignored the match while Brad Armstrong was doing a hippie gimmick, which he was called Buzzkill, by the way, on commentary. And uh, his theme song would be a complete ripoff of the New Age Outlaws theme song, by the way. Yep. Yep, same tune and everything, and he would come out and he would say, it's me, it's me, it's that B-U-double-Z. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Liger ended up winning the title back on Nitro. <laughs> That's literally the only thing you can say. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Liger went, ended up winning the title back on Nitro again a week later. These title changes were not and are still not recognized by New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kevin Nash threw the TV title in a garbage can. <laughs> Hacksaw I thought that was Scott Hall. Uh, apparently it was Kevin Nash. I remember to Hall doing it. They were playing around with it, and he was like, he goes, what? He's like, the TV title. Do I get on TV more? Or do I get like an Emmy? What? What the hell? I always like Pritchard saying where he's like, TV champ. So you whooped all the TVs in the in the company. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell? Uh, but, yeah, Hacksaw Jim Duggan would find the title uh, a month or so later and be crowned the new TV champion because, you know, <laughs> finders keepers. And he would only defend it on Saturday night, and he would be wearing a janitor's outfit wearing, while, while defending it. Yeah. Uh, did we already pass the time where he used Vince Russo's golden uh, toothbrush to scrub out a toilet? Uh, it's just on a random nitro, so maybe we did, but... Yeah, that, that happened. Uh, we also... I don't think anybody was complaining about that. Did we pass the time, by the way? Because you'll remember the timeline better than I do. Because I know you told me that Vince Russo in his office had La Parca standing in the corner like a statue. And then he would like randomly hit people with a chair that Vince Russo would like want him to hit. It's it's around this time. Okay. And wasn't he wearing a leather jacket during this time, too? Who, uh, La Russo? La, uh, La Parca. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just don't want to pass up any, you know, high points here. Yeah, all right. Well, you know, 
those little things, I don't really remember like the timeline that much because they just happened backstage for minutes. Yeah. So. Well, speaking of little things, uh, the Revolution, which is Shane Douglas, Nimalenko, Asia, and Perry Saturn, are all going by new names: Rattler, Python, Boa, and and Trouser. <laughs> I don't think that ever happened. Uh, it didn't last very long. Apparently, it was only a week or two. I don't think it happened on Nitro at all because I feel like I would have saw that. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. He must have tested it at house shows or something. Uh, but to top it all off, Jerry Only from the Misfits beat Dr. Death, Steve Williams, in a cage. Yes, you yes, heard I me right. that. Yes, one of the Misfits beat Dr. Death in a cage. That happened. To be uh, fair, I think it's the Misfit, though. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's either him or Danzig, one of them, too. But, yeah, so forward ECW valet Kimono Wanalea is expected to start with WCW soon. The St. Cloud Posse met with WCW officials about returning, but the meeting didn't go well. They're still trying to return because they burned their bridges with the WWF and ECW, so WCW is the only possibility left. How much did you mess up to burn your bridge with ECW? Yeah, right. They were only there one time, and they got the hell beat out of them by RVD and Sabu. Like, like what the hell did they do? That's Michigan on Michigan crime right there, dude. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, of course, Sabu is from Bombay, Michigan, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Real place. Yeah, right. Apparently. Uh, In an interview with Wrestling Observer Live, Vince Russo is now confirming that Nitro would go back to two hours in January from 8 to 10 p.m. Russo said that he was vehemently against the move, wanting it to be from 9 to 11 p.m. so that he could do more, uh, do a more risque show. Yeah, because we need uh, that. I got to point out, by the way, I'm pretty sure when I say this, he was gone then when it came, went back to two hours. Uh, when it first started, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, because I think he leaves in January, either before or after sold out. Uh, it was actually, uh, I think it was right before... It might have been the weekend of sold out, technically, but we'll get into it. Uh, he also doesn't like the idea of giving WWF the unopposed 10 to 11 hour, uh, but it's out of his hands. Also, Russo revealed that Thunder is moving to Wednesdays, which should help ratings for both it and SmackDown, since they'll be airing, and they won't be airing head-to-head anymore. Russo also said that he didn't want to do the Jushin Liger versus Juventud Guerrera IWGP Junior Heavyweight title match on Nitro last week in the first place, but it was forced on him by WCW and their partnership with New Japan. Liger didn't want to do the title change either, but uh, that was forced on him as well, I guess. That doesn't make any sense at all, because New Japan came out and said, what the hell about it? They hated it. They didn't want it to happen. Liger didn't want it to happen. So how the hell was it forced on frickin' Russo? Oh, I mean, that's his fault. (laughs) Yeah, it's not my fault, bro. Somebody made me do it. Like, yeah, sure they did. Uh, On Nitro last week, censors kept trying and failing to censor the asshole chants from the crowd. A new female wrestler named Daphne debuted as David Flair's crazy girlfriend. Uh, by the way, I think we talked about her a couple weeks ago, but, uh, you know, hey, this is a good point as any to tell anybody. If you're, uh, if you need to talk with somebody, you know, there's, you need to, you need to look into getting yourself some help. 
just talk to somebody, reach out to somebody. Don't, you know, don't suffer in silence. And, uh, don't let it get to a bad point. Like, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, Daphne's, it seems like Daphne's depression took her over. But anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, well, she had said something about she wanted her brain sent to be studied or something like that. So I think that's uh, that's sad. But they acknowledge that we should go. We should get somebody to examine Vince Russo's brain. <laughs> Good lord, uh, nobody wants to know what's in that. Now, like we don't know, you know, go to New York and you know. Hey, if I if I ever needed any healthy, if they ever figured out how to do brain transplants and you know get a a healthy brain to switch, you know, I'd gladly take Russo's brain because it's not like he's ever used it. <laughs> like like new, only used once. Yeah, I know. Across like, the street, bro, bro, it's new, like used, bro. <laughs> uh, but they acknowledge that Thunder sucks, and Vince Russo said that all the top stars will be appearing on the show from now on in order to get people to tune in. I remember his exact words. He said, we're going to make Thunder fun again. Yeah, about that. Uh, well, I mean, he did start putting stars in the shows, and you know, say what you will about it, but, you know, it was, it did have everybody. Yeah. yeah it still sucked. <laughs> Holding sucked! Uh, Vincent is now being called Shane because, you know, subtlety has always been Vinnie Ruru's strong suit. Uh, Scott well, Hall. Hey, I didn't get that when they first when they first happened either. So switching from Vincent to Shane, I I would have picked up on that. It's like, really? Like, come on. Uh, Scott Hall came out with a ladder leading Tony Schiavone to ask him what he's doing. And Hall responded, quote, you've got a or you've got the format sheet in front of you. Because WCW is no longer even remotely pretending that it isn't all scripted. DDP pr- cut a promo vaguely referencing rumors that he was going to the WWF. He basically implied that the rumors aren't true, but he was careful not to bury the WWF either. So read into that what you may. <laughs> Maybe he was testing the waters. Were uh, you to get the hell out of there? <laughs> hell yeah, I'd be like, how long do we have on this contract? Uh, Thunder basically sucked, except for Jushin Liger versus Chris Benoit, which was a good match, but Juventud Guerrero was on commentary for that one, and was pissed. Oh, Oh, not yet. There's going to be a thing where he's on there and he's pretending to be The Rock. Well, he was on commentary for this one. He was apparently pissed off. He's got heat with Liger, stemming from an injury from two weeks ago in their match. He was absolutely burying Liger on commentary. Was he mad he didn't hurt Liger enough, or what? What's the injury? (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, he called Liger a con man and unprofessional and basically trashed the match. Anyway, Guerrera is going to most likely be uh, need surgery for a dislocated elbow stemming from the match with Liger. Wow. Again, it's not often you hear about somebody hurting Hooventude. Usually it's the other way around. But this week's Nitro was the lowest rated show since Russo took over and in fact was the second lowest rated Nitro in over three years. Go figure. Uh, what, what, back to 1996? Uh, yeah, I guess so. So, before the 83-week streak started. Uh, Steve Williams is working an upcoming New Japan Pro Wrestling tour, which may cause him issues with WCW, since they have a relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling. WCW needed Williams to go along with the Oklahoma gimmick to mock Jim Ross, 
So that's why they brought him in. But the angle is basically dead now. Well, yeah, don't, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, uh, not quite. It's it's it's, uh, it's not quite it's dead. It's on hiatus. Yeah, right. Yeah, unfortunately. Despite ratings still being in the toilet, WCW is reportedly sticking with Russo and giving him plenty of time to turn the ship around. He's convinced that it's going to take uh, up to six months or so before they start seeing changes in the ratings. Oh, they saw changes. Oh, yeah, like in six months, they will see some changes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the go-home edition of Nitro Before Starcade, we open with the artist formerly known as Prince Iakea versus The Maestro. And both sign get, me uh, up, take my effing money, asses in seats, bro. But they both get elk bombed by Jarrett after the match because of frick, of course, they do. Uh, David Flair chases off a delivery man because you know it's crazy. Medusa destroys Spice. Uh, wait, who David or the delivery man? Yeah, uh, David you gotta specify yeah. here. Uh, yeah, yeah, David Flair's crazy. Uh, but Medusa destroys Spice in a match before kissing them. Or, or before kissing, and then suplexing Evan Courageous. Okay, I, sorry, the, the way I wrote that was a little weird. So she, she destroys Spice, and then kisses and destroys Evan Courageous. And then eventually Spice would be her her little lackey. Yeah, I think, uh, wasn't uh, Miss Kitty or the cat or whatever, wasn't she that for China? Yep, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, Rhonda Singh, the former Bertha Faye in WWF, is here now, and it's strictly for Vince Russo to make fat jokes at her expense. <laughs> Chavo sells her dancing gear. Why was Chavo selling her dancing gear? Do you remember? They use him as a salesman to do a lot of stuff, because that's all Russo said he was good for. Oh, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. He did that, the cologne, shirts, sunglasses. <sighs> Lord. I think he tried to sell that to- that toothbrush that jim duggan used to clean oh yeah yikes this is all real yep uh chavo guerrero sells her dancing gear though and she joins the nitro girls as beef yes uh the lights go out hey hey you know what though i just want to point out vince russo was all about inclusion before that was a thing now let's get some credit yeah right just saying good point uh, the lights go out when Jim Duggan is in the ring, and he's laid out colder than a banker's heart. Uh, why? Don't know. I would have said stepmother's heart, but okay. Good lord. Uh, Luger basically makes it clear that Liz is his property, so we got that going on. Sid made a make-a-wish kid, or has a make-a-wish kid with him all night, and uh, wins his suplex versus powerbomb match, real stipulation, against Steve Williams only to be destroyed by the Outsiders right in front of the kid. You know, because screw that kid. Yeah. I remember that, too. Oh, hey, well, little I remember, by the way, not from watching back. I mean, live. So. <laughs> hey, little kid, uh, you know, little Johnny, you know, we dying from cancer or whatever, you know. Uh, you know, we could give you a, a good, happy memory here uh, for, for Make-A-Wish, but now nah, we're going to beat up your favorite wrestler right in front of you, because F you. <laughs> Anyway, pretty much the, the Jersey triad is officially over because Canyon and Bam Bam Bigelow are feuding. Uh, Paul Orndorff is put into a handicap match against creative control and has to be helped by Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco for reasons. 
Kurt Hennig wrestles yeah, twice. Yeah, this, one... this is when they started putting all the, uh, the quote, old guys together to do stuff. Or Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Hennig wrestles twice in one night against Buff Bagwell and Roddy Piper. Yes, Kurt Hennig's back. Uh, to cap it all I off, was retired. Dude, you know, did you retire to Fort Lauderdale, or just rent, <laughs> did he just rent a motel there for a couple of days on the retirement? Yeah, he had a he had a couple week vacation, and he was good. But to cap it all off, world champion Bret Hart got pinned by Kevin Nash because the hell if I know. <sighs> now, had Nash still been in control, we would have a different conversation here. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's like, well, I know why you lost now. But the uh, standards and practices people at Turner came down hard on WCW this week before the Thunder tapings. Jim Duggan was supposed to have a match against uh, Asia, and Ronda Singh was supposed to face Evan Courageous for the Cruiserweight title. And she was supposed to say that if she lost, she'd strip. Uh, But anyway, uh, both matches were scrapped because standards and practices folks are pretty much banning any man versus woman matches. What makes air, or what did make air on Thunder, however, was Hall and Nash opening up with a promo with Hall, quote, acting drunk and talking about his ladder matches against Shawn Michaels. Uh, yeah. Sid came out and eventually pushed Hall off of a ladder, and he did a big comedic fall. Uh, Juventud Guerrero was on commentary and was funny for a lot of the show, but he also started making a lot of... Uh, a lot of inside references. Because why not? Ugh. I believe they were trying to just call him the Juice. I think they were trying not to call him Hooventude, by the way. Hoovy Juice. Yeah. No, just, the juice. No, just, just the Juice, yeah. Yeah, it was like a mockery of The Rock, because he was starting to be like The Rock, remember? Of course. He would, he would come out and say, oh, finally, the Juice has come back to, like, you'll say, like, Cleveland. Uh, yeah. Dude, we're in Green Bay. It doesn't matter what city this is. That's what he said. <laughs> That's a real thing. Yeah. I remember. And he did the the Hoovy elbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lord. Uh, all right. Well, here we go. Stargate's in the books. And fittingly enough, the final wrestling pay-per-view of the century ended with yet another repeat of the Montreal Screwjob. <laughs> this time, the roles were reversed with Bret Hart playing the Shawn Michaels role and Goldberg in the Got Screwed role. The finish and left... Piper was Earl Hebner. Yeah, right. Uh, the finish left the show ending on a flat note. This was not to mention the fact that Brett got kicked in the head incredibly hard and then hit his own head on the concrete during a figure four on the ring post spot. This, unfortunately, would be Brett's final match until 2010. No, it wouldn't. Well, yeah. Uh, he has a, he has a, people forget he has that horrible streak fighter, whatever it was with Nash on right. Nitro. That's his final match. Yeah, I don't know why they put it in the notes here. Because uh, I was... I don't know. Somebody somebody got it wrong in the notes I was taking. But uh, Scott Hall had to pull out of his ladder match against Chris Benoit due to a last-minute injury. It was replaced by Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, because, you know, let's play up Scott Hall and his ladder matches and whatever. And it's like, ah, never mind. It didn't happen. He and Benoit, by the way, Jarrett and Okay, Benoit. look, I, I love Scott Hall, but let's be real. And this time, with Scott Hall be doing all that, Jarrett versus uh, Benoit would have been way better. Sorry. Yeah. I think what else, to my opinion. Well, Jarrett and Benoit had one of the best WCW matches of the year. Oh, which, there you go. I, I don't <laughs> think I'm saying much, but uh, Steve Williams refused to put over Vampiro, so their match ended in the DQ. Medusa won. Oh, he, so he'll put over the Misfit, but he won't put over Vampiro. I see. He was a guy with actual wrestling talent. Yeah, right. Medusa won the Cruiserweight title from Evan Courageous. 
Kimona from ECW debuted as a cheerleader valet for the Varsity Club under the name Leah, Mo- Leah Meow. The hell. Gotta be a different uh, name, bro. And then uh, Kevin Nash versus Sid Vicious gets negative stars, as do a couple of other matches. Mother of God. This is the Temple event, by the way. This is the big one. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's supposed to be. <sighs> but after this, uh, WCW Nitro, the night after Starcade was bad news, being the lowest-rated post-pay-per-view Nitro since Russo took over. The show ended with yet another reformation of the NWO, with Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Bret Hart, Jeff Jarrett uh, as the members, all holding the major WCW titles. The show only sold 4,500 tickets. Thunder sold 1,700 tickets. Yikes. Those are I mean, yikes, that's pretty good for Thunder. Yeah. Uh, merch sales per head hit an all-time low for the modern era in WCW last week. Even the people who got to go to the shows aren't buying anything. Next week's Nitro is in the Houston Astrodome, which holds more than 60,000 people, and they've sold less than 6,000 tickets as of press time. And then a year or year and change later, WWE would sell it out for WrestleMania. Just going to point that out. Yeah, right. This, <laughs> it, to use a, a Jim Cornettism, it's like a pisshole in a snowbank. bank. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Because that's, that's what he always said about the Superdome uh, during the Crockett era. Because he was like, man, when I was there, you know, working for Bill Watts, we sold that damn thing out, working with the, the Rock and Roll Express. And it's like, next time we go there with Crockett, it looked like a damn pisshole in a snowbank. <laughs> Ricky and Robert is sold it out. <laughs> uh, well, Bill Goldberg was injured doing an angle on Thunder where he was looking for Vince Russo in the parking lot and ended up punching out a limo window for a shoot, bro. The glass cut into so, his arm. He was supposed to use a bat, by the way. And he lost and the he bat or something. Too, no, they said he was. He said he was too stubborn. He goes, I'm not using a bat. I'll use my hand to do it. He, didn't, he was adamant about it. What so. the hell? So that makes him an even bigger idiot. <laughs> this is the same moron who went into a bunch of his matches loopy because he would headbutt something before walking out to the damn ring. He, um, yeah, they said that the, what he what he did with the limo, he almost lost his hand. People didn't realize that. Yeah, well, the glass cut into his arm and he bled like crazy. As of press time, he has feeling in his fingers and hand, which is a good sign. Apparently the glass cut deeply into his tricep, and he lost a massive amount of blood before getting into er, before getting to the hospital. Cool. Ugh, whatever. Uh, Vince Russo appeared on the WCW live internet show and lashed out at his critics and blamed WCW's standards and practices, bro, for the fact that the ratings haven't improved. Russo claimed that everything he's done in WCW so far was in order to put uh, put the pieces in place for the NWO revival that happened on Nitro, and now everything will start improving. Well! <laughs> yeah. His whole thing was he was like, and I'll say this, he has a legitimate gripe about a couple of things. Um, su- supposedly he was building around for Goldberg to be the guy, and then Goldberg goes and injures himself. So there's one, and then he was building up to this NWO revival, and then Bret Hart gets injured. So that's another one. But even if they, let's say everything worked out just how Russo wanted it, it would still suck. Well, we'll never know. Yeah, oh no. Uh, Nitro this week was dubbed New Year's Evil Nitro, and was hot garbage. 
the tag yeah, titles. They didn't have the kiss monster. <laughs> right. They would uh, eventually, by the way. It's coming. No, yeah, I'm waiting with bated breath, man. The tag titles were declared vacant for some vaguely fake shoot reason, and they decided to do a lethal lottery tournament for it. Nearly every one of the matches ended with one of the guys turning on his partner. <laughs> because basically nobody to, nobody seems to even want to be tag champions. Okay, I got to point out, okay, and again, it sounds like I'm, I'm defending him. All these matches had guys in there that were uh, uh, not friends, so... You know, why book it? I, I'm not saying it was good. I'm just saying that's why everyone was beating each other up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Uncle I mean, Melter, to be fair, that's how Lethal Lottery has historically been, though, to be fair. So. I left this one. You know, that kind of just shows the uh, the start of the pattern for him, because if you, you can always tell a hallmark of Vince Russo booking is partners can't get along. All that and the old and the old handicap, the one wins, the two never win. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that was always a weird one. Uh, here, I, I thought this was a funny comment. I know he's passed away, but I still thought it was funny. Uh, Uncle Dave Meltzer claims that the wall looks like, quote, a sober giant Sandman after a charisma bypass operation. Wow. Holy cow. I think there's a compliment buried deep within that, though. From the Sandman. <laughs> Man. uh, then it ended with a big angle of Scott Steiner joining the NWO again. Then a monster truck ran over Sid's car, presumably killing him. No, he wasn't in it. Wait, was he? He was supposed to be. Okay, I'm, I'm uh, thinking of something else when Nitro went off the air with, I think it might have been before, someone crushed his car and he was throwing a fit and... Yeah, well, well, that was pre-Russo with Goldberg. Never mind. Okay, right. So that just tells that just means they they destroyed two Sid's cars. Wow, that's original. Yeah. Well, how many of McMahon's cars did they destroy? <laughs> yeah, but it was always Austin doing it though to get the millionaire. I mean, that yeah. that kind of makes sense. Right. Yeah. Well, and that one was good. This one was like, who gives a damn? Oh yeah, McMahon had like a limo, or like a hundred thousand dollar Corvette, and. You know, yeah. So. Didn't he destroy the Rocks car one time? Yeah, Rocks Lincoln Continental, which is probably hundred grand. So at least they went big with theirs. This is probably a rent a car from Hertz or something. Yeah, Hertz right. is like going out of business because OJ Simpson still got the stigma from doing all their commercials. Oh my gosh. Uh, there's a lot of negativity in the locker room towards Vince Russo and Ed Ferrara over making much of the show about themselves with the powers that be gimmick. So this week on Nitro. That was phased out completely, and Ferrara's Oklahoma character seemed to be dropped also. Oh. oh, oh, oh. Uh, well, you just wait. That's, uh, it's, uh, well, I don't want to spoil anything. I think we're going to take uh, our second to last break here. So we don't have enough to break it into two episodes, but we do have enough to go a little long in this so, one. So. so we have enough. We don't have enough to make it two episodes, but we have too much for it to be a standard episode. <laughs> exactly. I like so, that. Right. We're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to dive into the month of January of 2000. We're kicking off the new year. We're uh, And we're going into the new millennium. Uh, we're breaching. Going in and ass the, first. And the millennium man is still Sid, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll be back right after this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. And we're back. Diving into January here. Nitro starts back as a two-hour show next week which is just in time because this past week's Nitro did the lowest rating of Vince Russo's tenure since he took over several months ago, and it only barely beat the lowest-rated Nitro of Nash's tenure. Dropping the third hour should artificially inflate the numbers because it will change the way that the ratings are averaged, but it's still not looking great. Oh, man. More chaos in WCW as Kevin Nash, DDP, and Sid Vicious all walked out of the Nitro-slash-Thunder tapings during the show, all three men had key roles in the show, and their walkout forced the remainder of the live Nitro and already booked Thunder to be changed and literally booked on the fly as the shows were taped. Needless to say, because it's WCW, there's questions over how much of this is legit, and most seem to believe that it's real. And, yeah, I'm always, I'm always okay with blurring the lines, but this is not a good example. <laughs> right. This is like you're literally having your top stars leave the show. Whatever. Uh, this week's Nitro is the third lowest-rated episode of the show in several years. Okay, plus, you've now said lowest, second lowest, third lowest. This is not yeah. a good trend. Nope. Uh, on a plus side, it's a slight improvement over the week before, which was the second lowest-rated. So there you go. After the first match on Nitro, Ric Flair was supposed to cut a promo, and then Scott Steiner would come out and respond. Well, Steiner asked if they could uh, tweak Steiner the... Will, Steiner will respond the way he does respond, so it's, it's, be, it's not to be too liberal with a respond here because he can't speak English. You're old fast. He's fat. Uh, but anyway, uh, Steiner asked if he could tweak the segment and let him go out first, so they let him. And then Steiner proceeded to go out there and cut a promo on DDP. Uh, on TV, it seemed fine, like they were building up to a match uh, between Steiner and DDP. The problem was, that was not the plan. And everyone backstage quickly realized Steiner was going against the script. <laughs> Scott Steiner went against the script. I think Conrad just covered this 
Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, well, DDP went to the gorilla position, or I guess they called it the Jody position for uh, Jody Hamilton. Uh, and Did they really? oh, yeah. Huh. And uh, he waited I for him. I couldn't tell if you were joking or not. So. Yeah, because uh, Joey Ham- uh, Jody Hamilton was their gorilla monsoon, basically. So um, for those that don't know, uh, Jody Hamilton just passed away not too long ago. He was uh, the the assassin, Jody Hamilton, the father, father of Nick Patrick. The yeah. greatest mullet in history. Hell freaking yeah, man. Although uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is starting to give him a run for his money, so we'll stick around wait and see. Oh, my gosh. High and effing tight, man. But D- DDP went to the Jody position to wait for him, and when Steiner came backstage afterwards, DDP confronted him, and an all-out brawl broke out. From all reports, it didn't go well for DDP. <laughs> well, hell no. He got a steroid freak on the loose. Yeah, right. Uh, Nitro this week, Terry Funk debuted, and he probably called your mother a whore. <laughs> He's there because for one week only, his horse is not sick. Yeah, right. Well, the angle was originally offered to Ric Flair and would basically end with Flair yet again being portrayed as the dumb commissioner and doing jobs to put over Kevin Nash and the NWO. Uh, Flair obviously turned it down, uh, so they offered it to oh, he, already, he was already the president the year before. Yeah. Uh, well, he turned it down, so they offered it to Terry Funk instead, and he accepted the role. Flair, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash are openly wanting to leave WCW. However, the company won't let them go because they didn't want to give the impression that people are trying to flee the sinking ship. Which is exactly what the hell they're doing. they are. Yeah, I know. It's like, there's no impression, it's just reality. Uh, on Nitro... Former Nitro Girl Sky is now the ballet for the Standards and Practices group, going by the name Miss Hancock, a.k.a. Stacy Keebler. So there you go. Bro, her name's got cock in it. <laughs> right. It's foot penis now. Why? Mind your own damn business, that's why. Uh, the tag team title tournament, bro, continued to suck and ended with David Flair and Crowbar winning it all. Because, you know, nothing says tag champions like David Flair and Crowbar. Well, I'm trying to figure out what you mean by sucks with those two. Yeah, right. Uh, Terry Funk was introduced as the new commissioner, and the crowd audibly started chanting, We want Flair, which is always a good sign. Uh, David Flair was all, <laughs> was all over the show, and boy, does he suck. <laughs> uh, I love that note from Meltzer. It's messed up. But... Is he wrong? No. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, plus, there was a bunch of convoluted stuff with Buff Bagwell and Canyon and Vampiro. Uh, There's a trio. Are, yeah. And something where everybody kept turning on each other. They also did an angle where Jeff Jarrett had to fight three veterans in one night. Jimmy Snuka, George Steele, and Tito Santana. Those are just the ones that accepted the offer. <laughs> they just threw like 47 offers out there and Whoever responded first. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were all paid around two to $3,000 for this, by the way. King Kong Bundy, Honky Tonk Man, Bob Backlund, and Nick Bockwinkle all turned it down. Well, at least we know they have standards. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Nick Bockwinkle, I could totally see him turning that down. Uh, Bundy, Honky Tonk Man, and Backlund, that actually well, shocks me. Bundy had some uh, movies and TV shows he was doing. I don't know at the time, but... Yeah, yeah, but it just, I mean, he showed I'm up just at ECW. Just saying, he had a, a life outside of wrestling, so maybe he didn't need it, so. 
Yeah, but when you're on, you know, Juggalo Champion, you know what, wrestling, uh, th- I think your standards are pretty much in the toilet. <laughs> it's sad when he'll show up there. Got, or you got a huge payday. Yeah. And, you know, people can talk all the crap about ICP they want, but I, I'm sure they're. And I will. And I'm, but I'm sure they're doing quite well financially. Uh, Vince Russo held a meeting backstage before Nitro that was basically meant to let everyone air out their issues, you know, because those always go well. At one point, Kevin Nash began complaining about the food and catering sucking and also was also upset about the rule stating that everyone had to be at the arena by 1 p.m., which doesn't leave everyone enough time in the day to hit the gym and whatnot. Okay, um, well, to be fair, what the hell is Russo going to do about the food? Is he going to script them to have more food? <laughs> bro, I'll take care of the food, bro. Being there at at 1 p.m., you don't you can't get up at like 8 o'clock and go to the gym. I get up at 6 and go. So growing ass athletes, that part I don't get. Yeah, yeah, especially for him, he's like basically a part time. He doesn't do house shows. He does TV. Like, dude, one day get up early. I, I don't know. Uh, on Thunder, oh here we go, man. We waited with bated breath. On, this is gonna on, be good. <laughs> on Thunder, Ed Ferrara's Oklahoma character is back, and he's Thank now God. and he's now feuding with Medusa over the cruiserweight title. Hell yeah! The NWO allegedly kidnapped Arn Anderson and has been torturing him for three days. <sighs> Uncle Dave threw in the comment of they were probably making him watch old episodes of Nitro and Thunder. Wow. Uh, the Wall faced Jerry Flynn in a shoot fight rules. Uh, meaning that the match could only end by tap-out or knockout, and not by pinfall. So, of course, the wall pinned Flynn to win. Yeah, <sighs> that's part of the, the rules. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bret Hart fought Terry Funk in a hardcore match. Hart has a severe concussion after Starcade, and it's not known yet quite how bad it is. How's that Very last bad. match of Starcade working, by the way? <laughs> I know. Uh... Can we just pretend that was his last match and forget about this? Still another one to go. Speaking of Bret Hart, in an angle on Nitro last week where Sid was run over by the car by the big monster truck, they wanted Hart to drive the truck and never explained where Sid would be in the car so as not to run him over. Hart, as you might expect, pointed out how stupid and insanely dangerous that was and told them to hire a a professional stuntman for that because he's only a wrestler. Apparently, upon being put in their place, Russo realized that Brett was right and apologized to him for even asking him. <sighs> what the hell is going on, man? I, yeah. I, so they're really going to have him in there? Not just crush the car? I guess so. They were going to ha- legitimately have him in the effing car when they ran it over. I have questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, what if he dies? Well, then he's gone forever, bro. <laughs> Reportedly, WCW lost around uh, 10, $10 million during 1999, which is by far the most money any single wrestling company has ever lost during a one-year period. Well, not even WWE in 95? Yep. Uh, well, just you wait, man. Uh, Eric Bischoff... 10 million plus child's play. Watch this. Yeah, right. 2000 says, hold my beer, bro. Uh, Eric Bischoff <laughs> met with Turner exec... Uh, Brad Siegel to discuss several things, particularly about buying out the remainder of his contract, likely so that he can go start a new company. He's apparently been de- devising a wrestling project for Fox. 
Yeah. How'd that work out? Um, I don't think we've seen wrestling on Fox until SmackDown came back last year, so not well. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, WCW just underwent the most tumultuous four-day period in recent history. Here's where we're wrapping it up. It started when they got word that WCW champion Bret Hart would have to be uh, would have to miss the sold-out pay-per-view due to a concussion. Just a couple of days before the show, Hart's doctor diagnosed him with severe migraines and an inability to focus as a severe concussion. Uh, and not only wouldn't clear Bret to wrestle, but refused to even clear him to fly or exercise. Jeez. The concussion is believed to have... I didn't know the exercise part. Yeah, it's pretty sad. The concussion is believed to have happened after Goldberg hit Hart with an extremely hard kick during their Starcade match, and also when he hit his head on the ground during the ring, or outside of the ring, rather, during the ring post figure four spot. They left the sold-out pay-per-view without a main event three days before it was set to air. The very next day, Jeff Jarrett contacted WCW officials with a similar problem. He had a severe... A concussion during the match uh, on Nitro earlier in the week when Jimmy Snuka splashed him off the top of the cage, and his doctor also ordered him not to fly or wrestle. Ah, uh, man. What the, odds you get doctors telling two guys don't fly? Yeah, right. Don't fly, don't wrestle, just nothing. Uh, that left the show without its semi-main event. Also, they were going to do Jarrett versus Benoit on a three stages of hell ripoff because, of course, they effing were. I think so we covered sold out, didn't we? Yeah, sold out 2000. Now in the archives, we actually um, touch on a lot of this. So if you want to go back, uh, this is kind of recap of some of that, but we're diving a little bit more into it here. Uh, the decision was made to strip Bret Hart of the title and crown a new champion at the pay-per-view. Russo wanted to do a battle royal with Tank Abbott coming out at the end as the surprise champion. A lot of people in the company have been unhappy with Russo's booking, which was clearly not turning things around, and the Tank Abbott idea was the last straw for many. I like how Tank Abbott winning the title is like, you know what? F it. (laughs) I'm done. You're worthless. I like also how he flat out says, well, he was only going to hold it for a day. So you're telling me, once again, you're going to do a quick title change. Yeah, it's like, that doesn't make it better, dude. That makes it worse, if anything. Uh, People were also upset about the Ed Ferrara slash Oklahoma thing were about him winning the cruiserweight title and they were upset about david flair and crowbar being tag champions both of which were decisions that most everyone in the company was against bill bush had been second guessing his decision to hire russo for weeks while kevin sullivan had been openly pushing for the booking position for himself bush decided to put together a new booking committee so that russo's ideas would have to be filtered by people who have more sense uh it's all saying it lightly <laughs> yeah right It all came to a head on Friday, two days before the pay-per-view, with Russo being removed from his position of total authority, but he was asked to stay on as a member of the committee, which would have also included Kevin Sullivan, J.J. Dillon, Terry Taylor, and Kevin Nash, among others. Russo did not decline the offer, but was still weighing his options, Uh, but as of press time, he's said to be leaning towards leaving the company rather than taking a reduced role. Ferrara is still planning to stay in a reduced role, And he also said that he thinks that Russo would stay as long as Sullivan wasn't on the committee. I did not know that uh, that, that until now that Russo and Sullivan did not get along. Bro, I'm from New York. He's from Boston, bro. We hate each other. (laughs) Yeah, that's well, that's one thing. And then there's like, bro, you play a devil worshiper on TV, bro. I am a Christian, bro. 
Yeah, Christian Blake's women's son. Never mind, I want to go alone. Look, I'm not saying he's full of crap about being born again, but it's like there are certain things he says and does, and it's like... No, he's just got a loose definition. Yeah, it's like, I'm not sure, you know, I'm pretty sure that Jesus would uh, would frown upon those those things that you just did, but whatever. Bro, Jesus made these women, bro. I'm going to look at them, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Starcade's buy rate came in at a point three, which is nothing short of a of disastrous for the biggest pay per view of the year. House show numbers are embarrassing. Merch sales are in the toilet. Russo has been promised six months to turn things around. It was only given three, but it only took three months for WCW executives to see that things were getting worse, not better. So they decided to cut their losses early. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why. Dude, six months seems to be key though, because in three more months he's going to come back and reboot the whole company. Yeah, with uh, with Eric Bischoff. Well, WCW chose Sid for the main event and went through the ideas of Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, Terry Funk, Ric Flair, and Kevin Nash, all as possible winners of the world title, before finally settling on Chris Benoit. I like how he was, like, literally the last thought in their mind. The wrestler? No way, bro. Yeah, they offer it to everybody, and they're like, nah, I don't want it. I guess Hogan didn't want it for, because... Uh, uh, something about he wanted to return at a later date or something. I can't remember. Uh, Savage just didn't want to, like, they couldn't agree to money, and he didn't really want to wrestle. Uh, I don't think we would see Savage again until August of 2000, maybe something like that, August of 2000. Then huh. that was it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Funk, I can't remember the reasoning. Flair, I think he just didn't want to do it. And then Nash said he didn't want to. He said he didn't want the title because he just got put in the booking committee and he didn't want that kind of heat. <laughs> so it's like, huh? Maybe you smartened up in the last uh, couple of years. But uh, anyway, so they however, go to a guy who's like, "Screw you, I'm leaving." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, Benoit hated Kevin Sullivan, and knowing that he'd be back in power, decided to get out of his contract after winning the WCW uh, the WCW title and book it to New York. Yep. So, I don't know. Either way, the guy who won it, at whether it's Tank Abbott or Chris Benoit, the winner of that title was only going to hold it for 24 hours. So Benoit didn't show up on Raw with that title. <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be the second time that the big gold showed up at WWF. <laughs> Each time, being a horseman, by the way. I know, right? The revised end-of-year numbers from Turner estimates that WCW lost around $15 million in 1999 – which is pretty much the same amount they lost during the entire three-year period under Jim Hurd at the beginning of the decade. Wow. What does that tell you? Yeah. That AOL... means the ding-dongs weren't even as bad as Russo. Good Lord. AOL is in the midst of purchasing Time Warner for a reported $160 billion, so losing $15 million isn't really that much in the grand scheme of things for Turner. However, WCW is still in heavy cost-cutting mode regardless, as they should be. Uh, and just a couple things here to wrap things up. Uh, notes from Nitro after sold out. DDP and Buff Bagwell are still doing an angle where Kimberly is teasing leaving DDP. Uh, there were also lots of timing issues, missed camera cuts, and you could hear the director at times trying to direct segments. Yep, I remember that. Wow. I remember when they accidentally left the camera going after a Luger Liz segment. And they're still oh, laughing. Yeah. It's on, it's on like, YouTube. Oh, you, good. Want, you want to see it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, it was good. Yeah, was that good for you? Yeah. And they're like cracking open like a Diet Coke or whatever. Yep. Like, holy cow. 
Uh, last thing, Vince Russo had a meeting with Bill Bush this week, making a series of demands. He either wants to be released from his contract, which still has nearly two years on it, or be given his job back as head booker with full control and not be forced to work alongside Kevin Sullivan or J.J. Dillon. I like how he now doesn't want to work with a guy who literally got him the job. Ah, how things have changed. 90 days, all took. Right. He also demanded uh, that he be given another nine months or so to continue booking the show without interference from anyone else. At press time, no decision has been made, but Russo wasn't on TV taping, wasn't at the TV tapings last week. Nine months? Good lord. You can birth a baby or kill a company in that amount of time. I'll take the latter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, that does that. Uh, I guess we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what is coming up on the podcast next week and in the coming weeks right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you're looking for your next new truck, trust Rush Truck Centers, the nation's largest commercial vehicle dealer network. Rush Truck Centers has trucks in stock throughout the country, including heavy, medium, and light-duty work vehicles. Plus, they offer a wide range of programs that help coordinate, monitor, and expedite vehicle service and repairs throughout their qualified service facilities. Check out their online inventory today at RushTruckCenters.com. That's RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Please speak to your Rush Truck Centers representative for further details. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. And we're back. For the final time. Uh, next week, man. TNA Unbreakable 2005, bro. We're talking about that on September 29th. Uh, we've talked about before. It's kind of a one-match show. But that doesn't mean that the whole show sucked. Just me. Just means that, uh, you know, the main event was where it was at, man. So it was Joe, Styles, Daniels, greatest triple threat of all time, one of the greatest matches of all time. So tune in to hear all about that. Uh, I'm, I haven't watched it back yet. Very much looking forward to it again because I haven't seen it since 05. I've seen the match since then, but I haven't seen the, the events since 05. Uh, but hey, man, we're about to dive into October. So I'm excited for that. Uh, Halloween season is upon us. Uh, so we're going to try to get in some Halloween Havocs. And we're also going to get in some uh, some stuff from the WWF and TNA as well. Uh, October, for those that aren't big into TNA, was a big month for them for Bound for Glory. Uh, it still kind of is for Impact. Uh, so we're trying to spread the love a little bit. We're opening up October with WWE No Mercy 2006 for its 15-year anniversary. you remember much about that show? I do. I feel like I remember really liking it. Yeah. Uh, looking back, uh, I remember 
like I because I was looking at the card for it and I was like, wow, it's a really good show or it looks like a really good show. I don't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, I do know the main event gets put together, I think, a couple of days before the pay-per-view, which is weird. But Oh, wow. Yeah, um, this one, it was uh, the main event was a fatal four-way match for the World Heavyweight title. It was Booker T, or excuse me, King Booker, defending against Bobby Lashley, Batista, and Finley. Uh, there was Mr. Kennedy versus The Undertaker. We've covered their ma- uh, one of their matches in the past. It was really damn good. Uh, there's Rey Mysterio versus Chavo Guerrero at Falls Count Anywhere. And uh, Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP, also makes his WWE in-ring debut uh, at the event by taking on Marty Garner. Don't ask me who the hell that is, but... Dude, you know who that is? Uh, <laughs> nope. Uh, let me see. Nope, don't know who he is. Uh, I'm, I'm looking to see. I'm looking to see what his alter egos are, and it's like, no. Oh, uh, apparently in the Indies he was Champagne. Okay, I've I've heard of him. I don't know anything about him, but it's a jobber match. So there you go. But hey, it's historic for MVP making his debut. So there you this go. Could have been on SmackDown, but yeah. I know. It's like, why are you putting this on a pay per view? Whatever. Uh, anyway, and then after that, we're gonna cover uh, on October thirteenth. It is one of two Halloween Havocs we are covering. It's the 30-year anniversary, Halloween Havoc 1991, man. The main event was a two out of three falls match. Lex Luger defending the World's Heavyweight Championship against Ron Simmons. It's the Chamber of Horrors match between El Gigante, Sting, and the Steiner Brothers taking on Abdul the Butcher, Diamond Stud, Cactus Jack, and Big Van Vader. This is the famous one that people probably seen highlights of. F yeah. <laughs> and it's Brian Pillman and Richard Morton taking each other on for the WCW Light Heavyweight Championship. I don't remember that match top of my head. Neither do I. I don't even remember WCW having a light heavyweight title, but it was I a thing. I remember the title. I remember that though. Yeah, apparently this was the finals of their title tournament. The tournament, bro. I'm, I, I think Robert Gibson's hurt at this time, so. Yeah, so we got the pu- computerized. Well, no, he's not the computerized man. It's just Richard Morton. That's uh, his partner, though. Right. I think Halloween Havoc 91 will be one of those that we just kind of have to face palm over. But <laughs> it is what it is. Well, thanks for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. This was fun, sort of, looking back on uh, Russo's first Trump, few bro. months. Yep. We'll bring you more Russo content in the future. More content! Uh, but this is just the uh, scary, scary beginning of Russo in the WCW. And we will see you all next week for Unbreakable 2005. Looking for a particular truck part? Then look no further. The Rush Truck Center's All Makes Parts catalog features more than 16,000 of the most popular All Makes Parts from top suppliers in the industry and with quality brands you know and trust. And at 164 full-color pages, this is their biggest catalog yet. Our friends at Rush Truck Centers have great deals for you all year long. Check out their monthly parts and service specials in-store and online. And when you're ready to order, shop online with Parts Connect at RushTruckCenters.com. Expect more from Rush Truck Centers.